Um, there's something due any day I will know right away Soon as it shows They make him cannonballing down to the sides Gleaming its eyes bright as a rose Wearing like quite... Um uh, old-fashioned clothes for that, obviously, because I felt like it needed to be set. I haven't seen like, this, right? I'm just picturing it, uh, but I need to see it. <laughs> you need to see it. Uh, and it had um, me falling backwards into the water, and then I wanted uh, to, for it to be clear that I was dead, right? So I had, uh, like, fake blood in my mouth, and mm. it would sort of billow out into the water. Mm. Now, to get that shot, we were filming this in the Mediterranean, which and the water there is quite salt, so it was very difficult to sink, so what we did, we were at quite a busy, not a beach, but like at a rock formation where a lot of people were swimming. And what happened was um, my then boyfriend would, uh, to get that shot of me with the blood underwater, I would squirt red uh, food coloring in my mouth and then take a gulp of seawater. And he would push me down with the camera and I would sort of float there and sort of let the blood come out, right? Mm. But what the people around us were seeing was him this, pushing you underwater, him pushing me you. underwater, <laughs> and this girl coming up every time and just vomiting blood into the water onto her clothes. <laughs> and people were looking at us like, "What the hell is going on?" There? And it's not like so. I made this... a big deal out of it to laugh every time we came back up because it was like, I don't want people thinking that he's trying to drown me or whatever, <laughs> or doing something horrible to me underwater, you know. And it's not yeah. like you had this big Hollywood film crew, you know, all standing there. It's too. just my, my boyfriend with a GoPro <laughs> pushing me underwater. And sort of, <laughs> What's your life story? Welcome to Inspirational Interviews with Jen Rod, where you will discover everyday brave hearts connecting with their truth. Find out what inspires them to do what they love how they got here, and why they never give up. Be inspired by these stories to create your beautiful life with your host, Jen Rod. Meet Stella Brüchen. She is a mermaid, a translator, uh, a subtitler, an opera singer, a dancer, a wife, a parrot owner, um, and a mermaid. Did I say mermaid already? Stella is such a fascinating person. She is so super connected with herself. And the fact that she's been prepared to just go out there and try things out has given her the wisdom to know what she doesn't want to do in life and of course more so what she does want to do in life. Stella talks about connections in this interview and why connections with other human beings are so important. This 28-year-old woman has some pretty wise words to share with the world and I thoroughly enjoyed it. A lot of what she said is going to go into my little book of quotes. Here's Stella Brugge next. It's an impressive little studio. Yeah, nice, huh? Yeah. Not bad. Really is, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Rolling? Rolling, baby, <laughs> rolling. So I don't do these major intros. It's no, just sure. my style. So, Stella, mm -hmm. thanks for coming on to the Thanks. Show. It's lovely to be here. Yeah. So much so fun. So why are you available on a Thursday? 
Oh, I have an uh, autumn uh, holiday. Oh, you're also on holiday. So, yeah. yeah. So just for the week. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So speaking of holiday, let's talk about that. So you're at the conservatorium. Yep. So tell me what you're studying right now. Obviously music. Yeah. Classical singing. Yeah. Uh, so it's everything from lead to opera to musical even if i if i would feel like it so mm. far i haven't done a lot of musical but uh i like sondheim so who knows you and, like what uh, sondheim what's that oh that's that is soul did you say no uh, sondheim it's um uh, s-o-n-d-h-e-i-m uh, yeah it's a composer of musicals have oh, you ever okay. seen sweeney todd the demon barber of fleet street no oh, it's wonderful he yeah. makes like incredible music and it's very interesting because it's uh, it's very musically, so yeah. it's always like in English and stuff, and and it has uh, like belting and, and a very flat use of the voice, but at the same time, it has such a Can classical. Can you like give me an example? Um, yeah, so <coughs> clear that let's, throat, baby. Let's see. <laughs> After that latte that I just made uh, you. <laughs> oops. Yeah, no. <clears throat> so have you ever? I don't know if this is um, from sometimes specifically, but for example, that song. Um, there's something due any day I will know right away Soon as it shows They make him cannonballing down to the sides Gleaming its eyes bright as a rose So it's very, like harmonically, Amazing. it's so, so interesting beautiful. You just you, like, It's like an extension of you You just kind of like you didn't do it. You, it. You just, no, but you know when, like, you know, like when you press play, it's like you, you know, you just that just came out of you. That was, <laughs> but that's a bit mm. like, um, how would you say Barbara Streisand? What what's her sort of style? Well, yeah, well, actually, that reminded me a bit. Yeah, of her. it's it's that's very like a very musical style, but she has a, I think she has a quite a classical technique yeah. to it. Okay, so and I love things that are like that are uh, that have that kind of hybridity. Yeah, so especially like Sweeney Todd is a is a masterpiece musically because it's so incredibly emotional. Yeah, and I. Like I, if I'm honest, I don't really love the genre musical. I think it's mm. often musical, the yeah, genre musical, like the genre where it's, um, you know, like cats yes. or uh, Les Misérables um, or uh, well, yeah, well, just the the the, the things like uh, Legally Blonde and something, and they oh, can be those. very funny. Okay. And I, th- there's two musicals I I adore, which are um, the Book of Mormon, which is just hilarious and so inventive and but it's it's a big parody of musical basically yeah, of yeah. the whole genre and then there's Sweeney Todd and it has <laughs> and then there's yeah well it's it's like ah oh, you should see it you'll know what I mean because it's it has such depth to it like yeah. such depth to the music and yeah. to like harmonically how it works and the but the way that the voices that. intertwine no so I'm not doing that but I know that um, the Sondheim musicals are so close to classical music. Yeah. Like, so that my, I know that my teacher would be okay with me saying, I want to do one of these songs. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to try, if I can't do one in the next uh, little Christmas concert. Yeah. Because there's a duet I really want to do, which is beautiful and very, like, it has such a, it's so, like, double in a way. So it's Mm. about, it has... Uh, if you see the movie, it's it has Johnny Depp in it, who, by the way, sings beautifully. Yeah, which movie is that? Sweeney Todd. Oh, so it's actually yeah. So the they movie they made well. a movie out of oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it has uh, Johnny Depp as um, this barber who comes back to London after having been away for I think like ten years or something. Yeah. 
and he uh, he returns and he finds his razor blades from when he was a barber there. And he's singing to those razor blades uh, that they're his friends and that he, he's finally found them again and that soon they will drip rubies. So he's planning to kill some people. Uh, wow. And then there's this lady who has always been in love with him and now that he's returned, she's kept those razors for him and she is singing to him like, don't worry, you can be, I can, I'll keep you safe here and uh, yeah, your razors are beautiful, but you know, I, I sort of love you. And, it's, and he doesn't notice her at all. But the way those voices... Uh, collide or... yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's like it's like it's interesting because I always find myself comparing beautiful music to water because it has such a way of flowing into each yeah. other if you know what I mean well as I said collide I saw the two oceans you know yeah. like in South Africa and Cape Town where you know the two oceans meet ah. and you see the color distinction as well really darker and lighter and yeah if it's a good day and you you know where the where two oceans meet always there's always a a difference in colors and temperature and temperature yeah but so anyway so I was also thinking water when when I said collide which is obviously very interesting because you're also a mermaid but we'll talk about that (laughs) as well but um interest fascinating how you see music as water yeah yeah explain that further well, for example, if you see, um, if you have like a, a, an opera by Puccini, right? Yeah. So you have Tosca mm. or um, Turandot or like any of those. And it's usually the curtain opens and the, the story starts immediately. There's mm. very little introduction or whatever. Mm. You just start with... It's start like right a Tarantino out. film. <laughs> exactly. So you start in Medias Res, yeah. for example. So And it's always like the, the way that he somehow makes um, one a, a whole thing out of so many voices and so many sounds at the same time. To me, that is spectacular. And it always reminds me of water because it has such a, a fluent quality to it. Like mm. it's so, uh, like it's, all the voices are sort of falling over each other and, and merging and there's a, 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 like a choir in the background and then it, disperses again it's mm, and I can see you because you're sitting opposite me but the way you're using your hands as well. <laughs> your yeah hand movement yeah so that it, I, I and I always find myself like comparing Puccini's music but a, a lot of music I really like to mm. water because of the do you know any of his songs by heart yeah lots of them can you sing something for me um like what's your favorite one or am I putting like, you okay, on the pedestal so, no no, no my okay. favorite one uh and the one that I know quite well right now because I just, like, I studied it half a year ago. Mm. Um, so there is one song in his opera Turandot, which I'm uh, directing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's... Where are you directing it? In uh, Amaude. There's a opera cover Bel Canto. And they, like, two this years is... ago, we did uh, Macbeth by mm-hmm. Verdi. And now this year, uh, next year, we're doing Turandot. And but this is separate from the conservatorium yeah, where you're is. studying. Yeah. yeah. In Rotterdam. Yeah. Yeah. And it has, like, Turandot has this... Uh, scene where uh, a slave girl basically has just declared her love for uh, the prince and she says please don't mm, put your life on the line for this cruel princess Mm. and then uh, because she says well I've taken care of your father for the past time and we would both die on the road to exile if you were to go through with this and lose your life and then he comforts her and he says um so he says, but why would they both die? Because okay, so uh, 
uh, Liu, which is the slave girl, and mm. the father of the prince, they've been exiled from their country, and they just found uh, the prince again. And she says, "If you like, we've, we're, 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 there's no place where we are welcome. So if you die here now, then we would probably just end up dying on the road to exile." Okay. Yeah. And then she says, "He's and he says, uh, don't cry because if one day at the palace I smiled at you, um, because that's why she loves him. She says, you smiled at me one day in the palace, you gave me a smile, and that's why she always remained faithful to him." It's very tragic. And he says, uh, if I once smiled at you in the palace, then please, uh, for this smile, my sweet girl, uh, listen to me. Um, your master, which is his father, might tomorrow not have a son anymore. So don't leave him behind. Take him with you. Uh, and this is the only thing I ask of your small heart uh, because I can't smile anymore because he's so in love with the princess. Oh wow! Uh, it's and it's it's so weird. And she's so the, in love with him. Yeah, it's very it's horrible. <laughs> it ends badly as well for her. It's terrible. So, what happens is um, the text of the prince isn't exactly very comforting. So basically, what he's saying is, yeah, that's nice, but I'm going to do my thing. Please keep taking care of my father for the rest of your life. Yeah, which okay. is not a very nice thing. No. Like if you think about, it. but yeah. the the way that the orchestra blossoms up around around that phrase so he says non piangere liu sei in un lontano giorno io to sorriso and the, the orchestra just goes it's so oh, beautiful I've got and my skin's so <laughs> cold per quel sorriso dolce ma fianciulla m'ascolta it is so sad and it always reduces me to tears it is so yeah I'm feeling beautiful. emotional just listening to this story actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I can hardly tell it without bursting into tears to be honest but really yeah, yeah? no it, I'm a very overly sensitive person which is a problem really so I need to no I understand but why do you say it's a problem because okay so for example uh two years back we did uh, Matahari right mm. and I was the lead and I had a very emotional aria and during none of the rehearsals could I get that out because my clothes my, my throat would just close up yeah because I would just start crying seriously yeah you were so, so into it I, well I don't know if I'm into it necessarily I just have a very hard time distancing myself from the emotions the of fictional characters yeah, yeah. so yeah and I, the thing was i knew that i would be able to do it on the actual performance because at that point you're so pumped with adrenaline that there's just no way that you're going to actually cry yeah but during yeah, none of exactly. the rehearsals could i get that out so that yeah so yes it is a problem so your your <laughs> your director the, the the director had faith yes yes luckily. your team the crew mm-hmm. And it was good because I had, I had um, the 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 last line of that aria was, "Ach noni dat ik je nooit meer zal zien, dat ik nooit meer bij jou zal zijn." So that I, I will never, yeah. So the last line was that I will never see you again, uh, that I'll never be with you again. And she's talking about her little daughter, which is <gasps> heartbreaking. Uh, and she's about to be put to death, so it's quite an emotional moment. And then. And the actual performance, my my best friend who was dressed, she was playing the nun who comes to like comfort her in her final hour. And uh, at the performance, I would get those lines out and then turn around and throw myself into my best friend's arms. And yeah. she would sort of hold me. 
and I would like the the, the... who was the character on the in in, in the play. Or yeah. your best friend in real life. No, yeah, in, in real life. In real but life, in she's play, my best friend. Was... In the play, she was exactly. the nun. Yeah. And then I would sort of hug her and she would hug me. And then the like the like what I was supposed to do was like sob in her arms. But there was no there was no faking that. I was actually sobbing. Really? <laughs> I would have like 10 seconds and, until she, and then she would push me away and put my hat back on straight and there would be the execution scene. You yeah. Know? So it was, yeah. So uh, can you sing something from that? Yeah, um, I, I just love hearing this. This is, this is like what a gift. I'm sitting here in my own studio and I'm hearing this most amazing voice. Yeah, well, uh, I, I just have to think, think. of something yeah. that that will sound good. Um, okay, so maybe into the microphone. Yeah, then, of course. Yeah, there's a a part that where she's sitting in the um, in her chair uh, and she's moved to India or no, sorry, Indonesia with her husband, but yeah. the marriage is bad and she's very unhappy. And she sings, basically, the song this is, is a very... a true story, right? Yes, it is. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what you're saying is... Yeah, that all happened. Yeah. yeah. I actually want to hear a little bit of the story, but sing for me oh, first. okay. So, <laughs> um, so she, she sits in her chair and the, the maid is doing her hair. And she... It's very beautiful. The music is by Debussy mm. and it's very like impressionistic and very quiet, but there's such a, like there's such a tragedy underneath. Okay, mm. so I'll sing you a bit. Um, Over all chichaks here in the salon The tamarinde laan is leeg Dit is het heetste moment van de dag Ginds op het kerkhof daar legde ik bloemen neer, dadelijk kwijnde ze weg op de gloeiende zek. Net heeft Nonnie gehuild, gelukkig nu is ze stil, maar stilte kan ik niet verdragen. Ik weet niet wat ze denken, deze mensen, dit huis is een tombe. So it's, there's wow. such a... Like and in the song she has just lost her little son. So one of the lines is, "I just went to put flowers on the uh, cemetery, but they wilted before I could even get there." Yeah, and it's there. Oh, oh. <laughs> it just breaks my heart. It's so wow. wonderful. But and what I, is her story in a nutshell? So it's such a fascinating story. Mm. So her her story, Matahari. She was a Frisian girl, mm. so just very Dutch. I remember now. Yeah, it's all come back yeah. to me. I had this conversation. Yeah, and Carry she on. she married uh, an Indonesian. No, she, she married an officer in Indonesia. Uh, she moved there. She was very unhappy. Her son died. Frisian being, by the way, uh, Dutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Northern yeah. Dutch, northern Holland. And she. Um, so what happened is she divorced her husband, or she left her husband, mm-hmm. uh, went back to the Netherlands, and uh, pretended to be like a temple dancer, like an exotic temple dancer mm. from, let's say, Southeast Asia. Mm. Uh, so she said she was from India. And everyone believed her. Mm. So when she, she came back here. Yeah, she came yeah. back to the Netherlands and then she went to Paris and she danced like in all the, like every, uh, like the big salons and stuff. Mm. And it was interesting because she was one of the first, uh, let's say, high class uh, erotic exotic dancers so she mm. would undress she would take everything off except her bra mm. uh, reportedly because she didn't like her breasts mm-hmm. and she just became incredibly famous in a very short time 
Uh, and that was at the time of the First World War. And she reportedly, but it's very unclear whether that has, whether she's actually done anything, but um, she was, she told the French and the Germans that she would spy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, she was probably lousy at it. So the chances are that she never actually passed on any valuable information at all. <laughs> Yeah, oh, but she did get caught and mm. uh, she was executed because of espionage. Wow. And how was yeah. she executed? She was shot by a, a like, a, um, what is that called? What do you call that? A, a vieux peloton? Like 12 men with guns. Oh, jeez. And uh, which is very interesting. Because Where was that in France? Or No, um, that's a good question. I think, I think it must have been in France. Yeah, mm. but I don't know. And it's interesting because... Uh, at that time so it was it was she was very famous she was very popular and i think that only it was something like only three of the bullets actually hit her because probably a lot of the soldiers who were supposed to Didn't shoot her were like her. yeah which happened it, i mean which is why there's 12 of them or 10 of them or something because they were like well let's not take any chances and there's yeah not the feeling that one of you have have has shot someone mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. sort of split responsibility like that which is still done i think in i think is that in japan or in china or i don't know where some place where they maybe even america some place where they have a death penalty it's never one person pressing the button it's always a three few. people at the same time wow yeah so how did she lose her son just ending that story off because she said she yeah uh that's interesting because um both her son and her daughter fell violently ill mm. and her, her daughter survived barely and her son died and it's said or speculated that she poisoned them what yeah but but it's just uh it's just an idea we don't we don't know really Um, it might it might not be and you were playing her in this yeah but in this uh the the version that we did there was no mention well there's mention of the the son dying um but we didn't act that out so what we did was seen the scene ends where they get married and she's all happy and then the next scene is she's in indonesia uh her son has already passed away and she's very unhappy so but we this sort is of took then a before she's now come back to france and become yeah. a sort of stage, exotic dancer, exotic dancer. Yeah. yeah yeah matahari huh? that's mm-hmm. her name yeah yes yeah i remember the story now <laughs> thanks that's beautiful wow yeah it's it's an it's an amazing story and it's so interesting because we we really don't know that much about what happened. Really, everyone, like, like yeah. Obviously, when you say we, it's it's it's. Yeah, I mean, we we did some research. I yeah, mean. exactly. No, <laughs> that's what I mean. But we, as that's what I mean. It's the, <clears throat> we the, as a society, the community, did, yeah. uh, the community in the arts world don't actually can't give yeah. the yeah all the yeah. ins and yeah, outs. Yeah, that whole espionage thing. Like, we think she sucked at it and. She didn't really pass on anything. We think she sucked at it. There was something with the submarine, like a letter with a submarine that she she passed on or tried to pass on some information about a submarine, but yeah, probably it was something that they already knew. She probably just liked to play spy. Yeah. Because she was like, she had a bit of a fantastical streak when she was coming up with her stories because she always like she always told these incredible stories about how she was a temple dancer and how that all worked and stuff and mm. she she completely made everything up obviously so yeah it worked for her for a very long time and then suddenly it didn't yeah yeah so um you say fantastical which obviously it, it immediately makes me think of your 
fantasy world that, <laughs> that you live in. I mean, um, tell me about that because you, yeah, it, it, it's so funny. My daughter this morning was saying to me, what is she going to wear? What is she going to wear? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> what, what does her home look like? Oh, <laughs> I know. I, I almost wished you would come sort of, I don't know, flapping in here with your mermaid <laughs> outfit, but Could that have would be a bit one. weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's difficult to move around in on land, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because whenever, <laughs> whenever small children and girls ask me like, what does your house look like? I usually just say, well, the it's just like a normal house, but the entire first floor is just water yeah oh, and the kids go oh my god that's right. so amazing yeah. <laughs> smart <laughs> yeah so tell me about this how did this all how did this start where did this start honestly i i don't really know like i so just, i just to care for the people that are listening yeah so just to sure. recap so how you you have your own youtube channel i call you a mermaid because <laughs> i mean i can and um, you yeah. are and um yeah i mean you've got loads of subscribers and um you do the most amazing youtube um well you don't do youtube you just you create the most amazing underwater videos in your mermaid's tail which i know you even make yourself i mean and you i don't even know how you do that i mean sometimes you don't even see the bubbles coming out your mouth you know and like you're like holding this little flower or something tell me about this how did it all start okay so um i think like 99 percent of all professional mermaids will start up by saying i always loved mermaids and i always loved the little mermaid now, I think that's true for, for almost every small child, basically. So, and, and none of them become mermaids. So I don't know how much that has to do with it. Like, I know that, of course, you love mermaids as a child. I used to draw a lot of mermaids when I was younger. So my sister and I would go to the attic and we would <clears throat> I would draw mermaids and she would color them and then we would cut them out and play with them in the garden. Um, but the the thing that happened that made me sort of roll into this, I think was I was doing the, um, uh, so I was doing costume design school, basically. and After school or during yeah, school? Yeah, after school, when I was doing the dance academy. And I saw a video one day of uh, a lady on YouTube, and she was wearing a mermaid tail and swimming around in it. And I remember thinking, like, that can't be that difficult to make. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a skirt, but tight. If you make it out of stretchy material, you don't have to do anything crazy with zippers or whatever so I decided well I just make one right uh so I asked for a monofin for my birthday which is like a big flipper that you use both your feet yeah 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 and then I made um a mermaid tail and the first one was insane and then the second one was like yeah I can just I so I brought it to the pool and uh, a friend of mine had um an underwater camera at this time I'm going to say 20? 18 or 19. Yeah. yeah. I think I've been doing it for like 10 years mm-hmm. now, which is insane when you think about it. Crazy. Huh? Um, yeah. So I went to the pool and I put it on and I swam in it and it actually went quite well. And what like was that. the fabric made out of? Yeah. It was some sort of lycra. Yeah. Like a stretchy yeah. kind of, yeah. it was quite thick, that first one. And did the water not sort of absorb through and then it creates yeah, like balloon a terrible underwater. drag. Yeah. No, not a balloon, but a terrible terrible drag yeah but it's like pools yeah it's like tying your legs together with a blanket it's horrible (laughs) 
Definitely. I got better at regulating that, would that later on. That would definitely not give you that elegant sort of mermaid new flow. No. <laughs> okay, so so you made that outfit and then you went and tried it out and you're like, cool, okay, the second one worked better. Well, this, yeah, this, this, the first one I didn't even try on in the water because I okay. could see that it wasn't going to work. The second one I tried on the water, I made a little video with it just for the hell of it and I put it on YouTube. Underwater? Yeah. You have an underwater camera? Yeah, so a friend of mine had one which he had gotten like for free with an insurance or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know, which is one yeah. of those just funny action camera kind of things. Yeah. One, like way before the GoPro even. Yeah. Um, so we went to a pool and uh, we filmed it and I put it online and it got like so Here many in views. Holland. Yeah. In Holland. Yeah. In the cold. Yep. And it got like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to like, I, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but within, within months I had like 10,000 views or something, which was like right now that's nothing. But so at that just time to I was paint like, the picture, what color was the, the, I uh, was dark blue tail, like dark marine. And then you must have looked beautiful. I mean, let's face it, like people also attracted to something well, that looks pretty. Yeah, sure. But like the, that first video was quite clumsy, was obviously. It? Yeah. Because like I... Did you have like a like a bikini top on? I or? had a black bikini top. Okay. Yeah, that I wore with it. But and, simple, uh, nothing Yeah, there, no, or... nothing. No, it was just... And long hair at the time? Sure, yeah. Yeah, long so hair. So you, okay. I look quite mermaidy, but yeah. looking back at it now, it's like... How did that get that many views? Do you still have that to see? Yeah, of course. Is yeah. it your first video? Yeah, it's my first so video. So if I go to your YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah, you can scroll all the way down. And, and it'll be your first video. So first what's video. your address? The YouTube, it's... Uh, Stella the Siren. Yeah, Stella the Siren. Yeah. So... I'll put I, it in the show notes I made for those that. of you listening. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, and that got so many views and I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. But I bet I could make a, a nicer tail, right? Yeah. So I ordered some fabric online that actually looked kind of... Like that wasn't just plain dark blue. It had sort of like a pattern on it. Mm. And then I ordered some uh, organza-like fabric, you know, mm -hmm. the the really thin that veil-like stuff. A bit like what I posted uh, on that picture yeah. that my daughter exactly. selected yesterday. How weird was that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, just That's quickly awesome. filling you guys in who obviously don't follow the Instagram. But yesterday my daughter picks out a... Um, mermaid's outfit off the shelf has no clue I'm interviewing a mermaid today picks this <laughs> off the shelf and says mommy please can I have this outfit and it's a mermaid's outfit and then the day before that my son picked out one of the Starbucks uh, coffee bags off the shelf and bought it to me and it had a full beautiful picture of a mermaid on that's amazing yeah how bizarre yeah. and here you are everything's connected singing in my studio <laughs> we're just missing the 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 tail yeah God. <laughs> no but so okay so that very thin um oh, i don't know what you yeah what do you call it what's yeah like called? well or, or yeah organza usually. yeah so i i purchased those two things and i made a mermaid tail which was much nicer to look at because yeah. it was like far more um, well, just mermaidy, far more fishy. Yeah. So, uh, and then I made a second video, and then I made a third and a fourth. And by that time, I was, I got who so made many the videos. Who, who did? Well, that? at first, it was it was that friend with the with the little action camera. But of course, as we progressed, and as I got better at, you know, using the right kinds of materials and making mm. nicer tails, I also invested in like a little GoPro. Yeah. And then my my then boyfriend, now husband, started. Uh, making the videos with me mm. underwater as well right yeah yeah, yeah so definitely yeah, yeah. because the, the weird thing is I, i've noticed that even even one shot above water completely ruins the illusion immediately yeah it's very interesting yeah wow yeah so it really needs to be underwater did you test that out did you actually yes. post one 
No, I didn't post one because I did it once. I was like, oh yeah, no, that doesn't work. Yeah, like you didn't feel any it. shot above water, yeah. even looking straight down into the water, it's like, nope, doesn't work. Yeah, it's very, very weird how that works. So how do you stop the water from absorbing through and creating that bubble effect? What fabric is that? You then? don't basically. No. Okay. So all the tails I made myself, especially the ones with the, like the flukes and everything, they create so much drag that they are very difficult to swim in, especially in natural water. So as as we got better at making the videos and I got better at making the tails, we also use them in the ocean, mm. um, which is so much fun. And often it's really pretty, but it's so difficult to swim. So uh, actually this le- last year, I bought my first mermaid tail that mm. I didn't make myself, but mm. that I actually had like ready made. Um, and that is made of neoprene, which works very well because that's the kind of stuff that diver suits are made out of. So oh, it doesn't okay. absorb as much. It doesn't create as much drag. Yeah, And that works really well. Oh, okay. So that's actually, yeah, I'm trying to, uh, I, I love fabrics and I love always feeling different fabrics. And obviously, I mean, this is a completely different sort of fabric, but I am trying to picture the fabric. You yeah. Know, the yeah. Feel of it. So it's quite thick. Yeah. I know the wetsuit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of rubbery almost. Right? Yeah. Kind of rubbery. Spongy rubbery. Yeah, exactly. Could, yeah. Combine yeah. the two. And that works really well. Yeah. And they, what they do is, so I bought this, uh, this one at Finfolk and they uh, make Where's it. That? So Finfolk is, is, um, it's this online store. Uh, I think it's two sisters or something, and they make these really cool mermaid tails. And they have them with fabric. They also have them made out of silicon. Um, and the silicon ones? What about those? The, oh, I would love to have one of those one day, but they cost like five thousand euros. No way. Yeah. Seriously. Yes, they are super expensive. So it's not. Have something... you looked? Have you tried to look online? Vintage sort of. Yeah, but the thing is, they are always made to like to someone's exact body proportions so even if i were to find something like that and even then they would still cost me like upwards of two thousand euros three thousand euros depending on how expensive it was when it was first made uh so so you know when a woman has her first child then her husband buys her like earrings or ring (laughs) we're gonna have to ask your husband to buy you a silicon mermaid's tail (laughs) but that's still not near because you're still studying right Yeah. yeah 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 oh gosh yeah no, but it was, yeah, but they make, they make incredible things. And that was also for me the point where I, where I said, okay, this is the point for me to stop making them myself and accept that there's people who can do this yeah. very much better than I can. Mm. And at that point, I don't mind buying one Yeah, because I think they're truly like, they're little works of art yeah. and they're so well-made and they're so much easier to swim in. But so, it's, yeah. and it's also, it's such a... It's such a nice feeling when you can focus on what you do well and exactly. you invest in something that maybe costs a lot, but it just, I don't know, it's just like magical putting the two together then, you exactly. know, where you don't yeah. say, you know, I'm going to try and make it as well and then, and then also do the thing that I'm supposed to do, but right. rather like just invest in yourself, invest in, yeah, in your gift and in what I can do well and yeah. then have what other people can do well, like tie into that. Yeah. It's much more fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what, yeah, I mean, you're underwater and you're creating these sort of scenes almost. You're creating these stories. What goes through your mind when you even, what do you, yeah, what goes through your mind when you're underwater? Yeah, that's that's very, that's a good question because it it's very different from moment to moment, even within one uh, shoot, let's say. So, what what almost always happens is the first 15 minutes, I am just panicked. 
because you're in the water, you're in a restrictive costume, uh, you can't breathe, uh, you can't see well, you can't hear anything, there's water in your face. Uh, my body always goes, like, in spite of myself, goes into this panic mode, basically. So my breath hold is terrible the first 15 minutes, and I'm just, it's, like, always, at the beginning, I always think, oh, I can't do it anymore, I'm I'm done. Uh, never mind the whole mermaiding thing, I just suddenly lost the ability to do it, I don't know, let's just get out. But I also know that this is what always happens the first 15 minutes, and I just have to get over it, Right. Mm-hmm. And is this in cold water, maybe? Sometimes, yeah. Because that always constricts oh. everything. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, you know, build yourself up for failure. I mean, jump into cold water. Right, yeah. So um, so that's the first 15 minutes. It's horrible. And I don't know. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I wearing this wig? Why am I wearing this tail? The bikini top hurts. You know, everything is mm. horrible. But then after 15 minutes or something, I calm down. So uh, my heart rate goes down, my breathing slows down. Uh, and the interesting thing is that suddenly your vision becomes much clearer and you can hear what, what's going on. Uh, so if I do like a tank job where I'm in a, in a, like in a movable diving tank, mm-hmm. uh, that is after 15 minutes, that's the point where I start looking at the audience when I start waving at them. Oh, people watching uh, you doing yes. this. Oh, do you do live shows? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, oh, cool. Which is fun, I'm gonna come. Let me know. Yeah, I will. It's, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, though. I've been at a festival once or twice, which is really cool. Yeah, but then after, so after 15 minutes, you calm down, and then that's when you start to to realize that you can actually see people smiling, uh, and you can hear what they're saying if you listen closely, even though you're underwater and there's a big glass wall between you. So, and, which is really fun because you have these people uh, talking about you and. Someone, someone will say, oh, it's almost like she can see me. And I will go like to my eyes and to his eyes and go like, like a nod. And he was like, whoa, she can hear me as well. And I'll like point to my ears and go, uh-huh. So you can, you can hear everything. Yeah. But can you? Yes. Or is it just, so, no, I mean, is yeah. it just because everything becomes so sharp suddenly? It is, yeah. When you're calm. Yeah. When you're calm, like, it's like your brain has the capacity to process things more than you usually would or something. It's and that's very because you're calmer or is it because you just have this extraterrestrial <laughs> real mermaid thing going on? <laughs> no, it's definitely just because you because you calm down and your brain stops going into panic mode and saying, oh my God, get out now. And it's, you you calm down and you, you think, okay, wait, I can actually do this. I just need to relax and let it happen and mm. just go underwater. And you your body just gets adjusted it gets used to it to the feeling of being underwater but that's always new like mm. it, it always the first 15 minutes is always like oh no i can't do it anymore mm. and then it's like oh wait no right i can actually mm. it's funny you know because that's actually life i mean what you're describing right there is i can i can even relate that to my own life <laughs> no or, start before you're ready definitely right? not jumping into a swimming pool with a bloody mermaid's tail on but that's not my <laughs> well, you're welcome uh, to join if you like <laughs> thanks y'all be quite a cool experience actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but more um you know when people are doing what they love it's not easy no that's the funny thing is actually it it you do it because it just it connects you with this immense sense of joy and presence right yeah it just connects you with yourself and that's why you yeah. do it and that is exactly the the point with so you you at the the question was what goes through your head mm. when you're when you're doing that and the answer i think is very little which is very rare for me because i'm like borderline add so there's always like a thousand things in my head that need 
like immediate attention. For example, um, I wonder if bees sleep or maybe I should write a book or, you know, and it's always like, hmm. and then when I'm underwater, it's like, it's so quiet and not just like outside of me, but also on the inside. Yeah. And there's so little you need to do except just focus on holding your breath and looking through the window and looking at sometimes looking where the camera is and just thinking like okay what's my best angle shall I go this way maybe I could do something with my arms here you know and it's such um it's it's in a way it's so mindful like there's nothing else going on it's just you and the water and the camera in a way mm. or the audience mm. and uh yeah it's it's brings you to now just brings yeah. you to the present moment right yeah 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 and also it's very in a way, I've always found it very liberating because, I mean, I don't want to get too, you know, critical of society and everything, but we obviously live in a time, and maybe it's it's always like that, where there's a lot of focus on how you look and how you come across, uh, which, which makes sense because how we come across is how we connect with other people. So mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Um, but there is a lot of, like, you need, like, so what we need to be in this world especially maybe as women is we need to be beautiful and we need to be unaware of it mm -hmm. but not too unaware of it but mm. kind of unaware of it and yeah. we need to be uh we need to pay a lot of attention to how we look but we can't be too vain about it mm. you know so and that is quite tricky sometimes and for me as a mermaid it feels like I don't have to be a human like I don't have to interact with anyone I don't have to be overly vain or I don't have to be, I don't even have to work really hard to be really beautiful. And I don't have to work really hard to not know that I'm beautiful or like something like, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like I can just be a fish. Like I can just be a pretty fish mm. in an aquarium and just be as vain or as unaware of beauty as I would like to be. So in a way that is, for me, it's very liberating because it's sort of... Mm, yeah, I feel like it frees me of this constant awareness of how I'm coming across because fish don't care how they come across. They're just sort of there mm. in a way. I don't know if it makes sense. It I've makes tried explaining this no, a couple of makes, times to I think it makes people, total but... sense. I it, I think it makes total sense and I think I think that really when when people and again I I bring it in again with other people's truths, you know, well people's loves or the thing the thing that people do that connects them with themselves um is is what takes you away from all that nonsense yeah that noise yeah. in your head yeah and obviously it's that first 50 minutes that you're describing everyone goes through that like panic of what the hell am i doing this is stupid yeah and you obviously experiencing it also literally physically, like you're in the cold, Very you're, much, you know, yeah. but it has a metaphor for Absolutely, all the yeah. other, um, yeah, just for life, for, for, for just doing that thing that really connects you with yourself. And so, I mean, are you going to carry on doing this? Like, how do you see, have you even seen your <laughs> like years to come in under the in water? The mermaid world. Yeah. In the mermaid <laughs> world. Um, I honestly, I don't know. Like there's, there are times where I think like, oh, I should just 
quit or you know because it doesn't because the thing is I have so much things so many things going on in my life oh my god what are all those like how many like hundred and something subscribers on YouTube going to do if you quit yeah 150,000 I think oh my word what are they going to do probably nothing (laughs) (laughs) find another mermaid yeah there's plenty I'm not the best one yeah no but I I don't know I I there's so many things like I'm doing I'm at the conservatorium obviously so I have I work as a translator I have a husband I have a parrot um, I have friends and family I direct operas so there's so much stuff going on that I often notice that the first thing that goes out the window if I get busy is mermaiding because it's like it takes a lot of trouble you have to get to a pool you have to drag the tail along with you you have to make a video you have to be inspired to do it Mm. but the interesting thing is whenever I have like a longer period of free time so Mm. every summer basically I suddenly get this inspiration for new videos I suddenly think like oh we should go there and I can make something about this or I can Uh, I should swim in a waterfall, you know. So what do you mean make something about this? Let's talk about that. So do you have a storyline that you're working on? Well, sometimes I do like a little story, um, but it's since there's never a way to incorporate any text, uh, I like the stories that I do are usually very impressionistic and very Mm -hmm. much loose imagery so i've once i did a story like a story about um uh, basically a young woman who drowns or throws herself into the water or dies or whatever and then she becomes a mermaid but Mm. that was just like it's just the opening of the video is just me in a dress plunging into the water i'm already saying that like the way you just i mean i actually (laughs) before you said that i'm picturing you i've got such a picture mind picturing you with your well you you your hair's shorter now but it had, yeah you, it you had me. long hair like picture you falling back into the water well like that's exactly what we did oh there's such gown. a great story about that because i had i was wearing like quite um uh old-fashioned clothes for that obviously because i felt like it needed to be set, i haven't seen like, this right i'm just picturing it uh, but i need to see it <laughs> you need to see it uh and it had um me falling backwards into the water and then i wanted uh to for it to be clear that i was dead right so i had <laughs> Uh, like fake blood in my mouth and Mm. it would sort of billow out into the water Mm. now to get that shot we were filming this in the mediterranean which and the water there is quite salt so it was very difficult to sink so (laughs) what we did we were at quite a busy not a beach but like at a rock formation where a lot of people were swimming and what happened was um my then boyfriend would uh to get that shot of me with the blood underwater i would squirt red uh food coloring in my mouth and then take a gulp of seawater and he would push me down with the camera and I would sort of float there and sort of let the blood come out right mm. but what the people around us were seeing was him this, pushing you underwater him pushing me you. underwater <laughs> and this girl coming up every time and just vomiting blood into the water onto her clothes and people were looking at us like what the hell is going on there? And it's not like... So I made this... a big deal out of it to laugh every time we came back up because it was like, I don't want people thinking that he's trying to drown me or whatever <laughs> or doing something horrible to me underwater, you know? And it's not yeah. like you had this big Hollywood film crew, you know, all standing there It's too. just my, my boyfriend with a GoPro pushing me underwater. And sort of, <laughs> it was like, it was the most ridiculous shoot I've ever done, but it was very fun. And, and the, I, I like the result. Yeah, I, but... but I, that is exactly it, right? It's when you do those such crazy, ridiculous things and you're thinking, oh my God, this is ridiculous. That's so stupid. And then you actually look back at it. You're like, oh my God, this is magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I love when that happens. That, <laughs> oh, that and I always tell people, like, the, with... moment, the moment I feel most like a mermaid is when I watch the footage and it's exactly what I hoped it would be. Yeah. You know, you see yourself just sort of, and I see myself on, on camera and I think like, wow, that is not how, how that felt, but it looks great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. And sometimes it looks like shit, obviously. But yeah, that's yeah, life. okay. But I mean, that's yeah, that's that is in life exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, okay. You say you're not sure where it's gonna go. You but 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 you do keep coming back to it. It's right. That... Yeah, I keep coming back to it. And maybe someday I'll be like, okay, I'm definitely done. But for now, it's it's just fun, and it's a it's a nice outlet. Mm. If that makes sense, to mm. to do something that is weird and inspiring and sort of clears my head in a way yeah yeah so and then talk to us about the music where does that come from the, the well the, yeah uh my my mom was an opera singer oh really yeah Beautiful. and she still is a, a singing teacher and she directs these operas with me so we do that together and she also sometimes writes operas or translates them uh so we did what angelica a couple of years ago and now we're probably going to do the cavalleria rusticana um, what's that it's uh, it's a, it's a short opera it's a short mm. one hour opera um and How she amazing. wants you're doing this stuff with your mom it's so I mean, fun i like... feel like the von trapp family <laughs> and my dad always does the technical things and the sub- no subtitling ways. yeah and my sister usually also sings in it and like and the fun thing is and this is one of the reasons why i'm focusing on music instead of all the other stuff i've done is because nothing connects me to other people and other people to each other than music in my experience so we do these little operas let's say we have one every year every two years and the at this point Mm. i don't think i have any friends uh who don't do not do something there they're all doing either costumes or set set building or they're singing in it or they're helping us set up the cameras Mm -hmm. or they help me take the photos or they do uh uh like makeup behind the scenes or like all of my friends i have somehow roped into this Mm. and the ones that don't participate are the ones saying can i be in it this year because Mm. i saw what it did to you guys last year and Mm. i want to be part of this Mm. and that to me is so amazing like connection is all we ever want right yeah connection to other people human beings right so for music for that something like that to to connect so many people to each other in such a way where where everyone is working towards the same thing and everyone wants it to be as good as possible for me that is worth everything (laughs) so after matahari i was i remember just being completely euphoric because it had been such an experience to have all these people around you all pulling in the same direction you know and i i remember getting off the stage and thinking fuck this is what i should be doing with my life this is something that matters to me and to the people around me this is wow this is where i feel like i'm alive you know yeah and uh that is so yeah that's why i decided like okay i need to do something with my life that matters i was working in marketing at the time Mm. um and i think it was the same month that i went to my boss and i said i'm very sorry i'll give you all the time you need to find a replacement but i'm gonna i'm gonna quit because i need to do something that matters to me and it's not marketing and it was very interesting because my boss he's a sweetheart and he'd come to see the performance which was quite interesting because i was naked on stage and he was on the first row were like, you completely Ooh. naked uh well well in the style of matahari i was wearing the bra yeah. but other than that yeah there was yeah. like 
two seconds where I was completely naked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> With your colleagues in the front row. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, um, which is also funny because I didn't feel like they'd seen me naked. It was like, no, you've seen Matahari naked. Yeah. Because obviously I was a character. So yeah. it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. But it was very, so I, I went to my boss and said, I'm, I need to, to say something. I'm going to quit. And I'll give you all the time mm. to find a replacement. Mm. doesn't matter. And he said, yeah, I know. Like the minute I saw you on that stage, it was like, oh, we lost her. You know, so he he completely yeah. understood. And he yeah. was like, yeah, I, I totally support this because this is obviously what you need to do. Yeah. And uh, did yeah. you study marketing or I mean, it did, or did, were you just doing that? Like I was just doing it like my my motto has sort of by accident become I've never done it. So I could probably do it, you know, yeah. Like Pippi Longout, um, Pippi yeah. Longstocking, long long yeah. Right. So I no, but I started doing that because at the time I was studying Scandinavian languages and cultures, and I've always had a thing for language and text and uh, that kind of stuff. Mm. And I found out about this. Um, so at the time you were studying that, did you finish that or did you? Study? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I have uh, I have a bachelor's in Swedish and then a master's degree in translation studies. Okay. So I do translating on the side still. Yes, yes. Uh, but at the time I was just busy with text and stuff and they had a, a job opening for a copywriter and I was like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. So I... And I didn't like it's at the same time you have like the the worst case of imposter syndrome ever because it's like I have I know don't know the first thing about marketing <laughs> yeah. but I was also like I, I could probably learn right yeah um, but and I had I had like a great four years at that company they are amazing people mm. and I read it, had a really good time but in the end I don't care about marketing yeah and so this um, well the the Matahari play mm-hmm. um, was that also I mean just come back to reality (laughs) did you also make money from that or um no I don't think I actually made money from it I think I got a pair of shoes um (laughs) or maybe I maybe I got like a small amount of money like as a symbolic gesture um but at that point I was not a professional at all I was an amateur um with a, a mom who was a professional. I was a, I was, I was a trained dancer at that point. Mm-hmm. And Matahari was also a dancer. So mm-hmm. that validated me getting paid like some money for that because I also choreographed the dances, obviously. Um, but it was only after, which is interesting because um, my, one of the other, uh, one of my best friends, Milan, he was in Matahari as well. And he was studying at the conservatoire at that point. And his teacher, uh, Charlotte, she came to see the show and then after the show she came up to me and she said you need to go and audition for the conservatory Mm. because this was really good and that was the first time that someone had said that who wasn't a a friend friend. yeah and it was the first time that i believed it um so that's when i decided like yeah maybe i should yeah that is something i should do yeah you know but it sounds so weird you even you even saying that i mean i'm I've had you in my studio for I don't know how long now and I mean the music that's just coming out your mouth is just unbelievable. Well, I mean that doesn't just I, come my from voice nowhere. does not sound like great right now. <laughs> no, I mean hello, you don't just like sing like that if it's not who you are. Like I mean well, um of course it helps that my mom was a professional musician as well. 
uh, and I'm from a very musical family. So I have okay. a, an uncle who plays the cello and an aunt who plays the violin at a very high level in the Netherlands and internationally. Mm. Um, so professional. Yeah. Musicians. And my last name, Bruggen, like that's quite the, let's got quite a famous name yeah. in, uh, in, especially in Holland. Yeah. And my other side of the family is Andriessen yeah. and like the, the most important contemporary composer of, of our time, you know, so that, that's no, an Andriessen. say that, say what we, okay. So, okay. So the, the, the most the, the most famous Dutch composer of this moment is Louis Andriessen yeah. and his family, which, I mean, it doesn't make any sense because it's not like I know him very well or anything, but I'm from a family that is very artistic and okay. has always been very artistic. So yeah. music has always been a, a really big part of like both my, my, both of my parents' lives. Uh, and then also automatically of me and my sister's lives. Mm. So it, it always made sense for me to, to sing basically all the time yeah okay um so for me like if you say can you sing me a bit that's well sure because that's what i do all the time yeah and even before i was at the conservatory it's it's very much yeah, ingrained okay. but it didn't it didn't make sense to you when you left school to go straight into the conservatory and, no, and but to that, go study I think, music so but that was just uh fear of failure basically mm. because i did audition for the musical academy which is interesting because i don't even like musical that much so it's very yeah, exactly, good that they rejected that's what me you said in the beginning of the interview yeah, it's very actually... good that they rejected me because yeah. they saw and they said that too they because i did my first audition i sang they were over the moon then i did the second audition which was dance and they uh dropped me they were like no nah, that's, that's not gonna work and then they asked me back for the third round anyway because they were like we don't know we've been talking about that first audition like for weeks now can you please come back anyway and we can see if we can figure it out with the dancing uh and then i made it through two more rounds and then the very last round they were like let's not and what they did was they called me and they said yeah we your singing is incredible um your dance is not up to scratch at this moment but mostly we just don't think you'll fit in and i was crushed of course but they were absolutely right they saw that so well i mean they wow. really they really called it as they saw it and they were absolutely right. So then I did, uh, funnily enough, did um, dance academy. So yeah. teach dance teacher uh, after that university. And in to my... study translation yeah. and And then language. in my last year of university, I was doing the Matahari and I was like, ah, oh, this is what I should be doing. But it was, it took me a while to figure it out. Yeah, definitely. Well, how long did it take you? 27 years, <laughs> 26 years. Because <laughs> you're in your late 30s now, right? No. No, no, late 20s. Yeah, late 20s. I mean, yeah. 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 Okay, but I mean, yeah. Well, that's life. You're still figuring something out. That Absolutely. You're find and out. I don't mind, you know, because I'm at the conservatory now and I, I'm i in a, a class with people who are either way younger than me or a little bit younger than me. And there's one guy who is my age, but it's, it is, I think it's a gift that I'm a little bit older because it makes you less flexible in a way, which means that I don't take any shit from anybody, mm, which mm. is very nice. And, and of course, sometimes it happens. Like there's a teacher that yells at you and you, you freeze up and afterwards you're like, wait, what happened? But yeah. it's, it's very nice to not feel as vulnerable as I did when I was 18 and in the dance Academy and mm. someone said, yeah, you have a fat ass and that becomes part of your identity, <laughs> you know? Jeez, yeah. Well, yeah. no, but that's how it works. Yeah. You're young and impressionable and yeah. someone says something to you and it becomes part of who you are. Yeah. And I am at a point in my life right now where I know myself well enough to 
um, separate bullshit from valuable advice, mm. I think, mm. most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think also uh, what triggers my thoughts from what you're saying is that when you study when you're older, you also take in so much more because exactly. you, you're yeah. just so conscious of what you're studying you're right so, you're so fully into it right and it's much easier to prioritize mm. like because what they ask at the conservatory it's a very busy schedule um and sometimes there will be like a class for example french i'm quite good at french so that's a class that i feel like i can easily miss mm. uh, but if i had been there at the conservatory eight years ago I would have gone to every class religiously yes. because that's who I was at that time. Yes. Um, regardless of whether it would be good for me. But now I also have to just work because I like that the conservatory is expensive if it's not your first degree. Mm. So I need to make money. Mm. So I just sometimes say to my French teacher, like, I'm very sorry, but I, I'm not going to come today because I need to work. And she's yeah. like, that's fine. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Which is lovely. Yeah. Really. So how are you making money now to support this degree? And then... Well, you're married as well. Yep. <laughs> you, you obviously live with your husband. So how do you make money? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's a good question. I um, I do translating jobs. Uh, I'm doing one right now, which is very fun, but it, the pay is horrible. Like mm. They pay me a fifth of what would be reasonable, basically. Mm. But no money is like still worse than some money. So I yeah. took it anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I'm working on getting like some better paying jobs because I can't do it like this all the time. I worked as a, a subtitler for a year, which was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and which what paid it paid a lot better than this. Mm -hmm. um, but that it's fair. It sucked because I got fired because someone else made a mistake. And because I, you're like, you're sort of stuck in a system. So you don't actually talk to people. You talk to the system mm. and the system doesn't listen. If you say someone else made a mistake. So it was that, yeah. that really, that was bad. Uh, but I also make some some money from YouTube, obviously. Yeah, from and, your mermaid. Yeah, uh, and then I'm channel. I'm now getting some small gigs as a singer, which is fun. That also pay well. It doesn't pay fantastic, mm. but I mean, if I have one of those each month, it would be great. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So you're 27 now. Where where does Stella think she's 28. going? I mean, 28. Sorry, yeah. Because I said 38, and then it was actually yeah, not 38. Yeah. It was 28, <laughs> which I know. Um. Yeah, where's where is 28-year-old Stella going with all of this? Do you have an idea? I would really love to be able to do all kinds of things. Yeah. Like my entire life I have been all over the place and it's where I like to be. And that sounds a little silly because people say you need to specialize, you need to focus and I I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I want to do all the things that I love because that is what I enjoy most like I enjoy being a mermaid one day and being a singer the next and a translator in the afternoon you know that is that is just what I like oh my to god do. that's like such a romantic life <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah so I'm really hoping that I that I'm that I can continue to do that and because I can it see is so... you've got this beautiful big smile on your face <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and I and I like if I had to choose one thing it would be singing but I don't know if it's too late for that because I'm 28 and most of the people, by the time they start their career, they're like 23, 24. Um, and mermaids can't really sing underwater. So no, the in, unfortunately. Yeah, don't Though I have that. been able to, to fake talking underwater quite well. Yeah. I just made the 
made the words with my mouth and then I did a voiceover. Oh, it's very wow. interesting. Oh, wow. And I get these comments from people that say, how are you doing that? That is amazing. <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> cool. So you guys can check out her YouTube channel, which is called Stella the Siren. Um, cool, Stella. So, I, um, yeah, what I often um, ask people is, you know, all these magical things that you're doing and you're really just like diving straight into your heart and mm-hmm. You know, using the tools that you've been given, right? Yeah. Um, what, like, yeah, what would you say to people out there who aren't accessing these gifts? Because everyone has a gift. Absolutely. Oh, that's, a, that's such, such a tricky question. Because on the one hand, I have a hard time uh, believing the mindset that says, you can do anything you put your mind to. Mm. Because I just don't know if that's true. I think you need a lot of luck. But what I do know is if you, okay, so what I really do believe in is if you do the things you like, you will get better at the things you like and you might eventually get paid for doing the things you like. So I, which is why, for example, I was asked to be on the board of um, uh, the the Kleine Opera, it's a stichting, like Mm -hmm. an organization. And I said, no, um, not because I don't think it would be useful, but because I don't think I would enjoy it. And I don't want to get into stuff that I don't enjoy because I know that if I do, I will get good at it and I'll get asked again and it's not where I want to go. So I want to do stuff that I like because then I'll get better at it. <laughs> yeah. So but that's and why then I you'll do, get paid to do the Then I might get like. paid to do the things I like to do. And like the only thing I can which the only thing I can think of that sounds like advice is do something that you feel matters, you know, and it doesn't have to make sense. That's an important part. So the mermaiding doesn't make any sense at all, but it felt at the time like something that mattered and it still feels like something that matters, which is why I keep coming back to it probably. Um, And if you do something that feel like it matters to you, then it doesn't matter what happens with it. Right. So, if I choose to be an opera singer or if I sing in an operetta and it's fun and I feel like it matters and I do it again and it still feels like it matters, then it doesn't even matter that much if I get paid or if I'm super successful. It just matters to me. It matters to the people around me. It connects me to the people around me, which is, I think, one of the most important things there is. Mm. And as long as you feel like you're creating some sort of connection to yourself or to someone else, ideally, or to a whole group of people, then what more can you really wish for? Mm. Right? I don't know. (laughs) I love that. I feel kind of (laughs) silly. No, not at all. And just to answer a question, I think that's in a lot of people's minds right now is, and the making money part is where you'll be happy to do the the translation work, for example, so that you can do the thing that matters. Yeah. I don't mind translating. I don't mind like, and translating is fun. I love language. Uh, It's, it's a career path that, I feel like I would have been more than happy to walk mm. if I hadn't discovered that I actually want to be a singer. Um, and it's something that I really enjoy doing and I hope that I can continue to do it and maybe uh, earn money, earn like most of my money from there. Mm. Also because I think it's nice to not have your creative inspiration carry the burden of your financial security. Mm. Mm. Um, and also because I am married and I don't want to be um, I don't want to put the sole responsibility of financial security on my husband. 
mm. because I've like for me personally it's been it's it's important to feel like I could support my like I could hold my own if that mm. makes sense mm. makes yeah total sense yeah and of course making money from mermaiding and singing is great it's it's lovely and it's fun but I like the intellectual aspect of making money with something else than my voice or looks because let's face it a big part of the mermaiding is looks and that is a very temporary thing mm. um which is also why uh, i sometimes feel like i should at one point get out of it because i am i am very susceptible to vanity i think mm. which is why like i've some people some of my friends i've told them like i need you to stop complimenting me on my looks because it's starting to feel like that's the only thing that yeah that, that defines me yeah like, that defines my worth yeah and i want to be valued for other things basically um so in a way the dancing and the mermaiding is but that's might not be Hmm? that's all in your head it is because exactly that these are all the things that that stop people from doing what they should be doing yeah and at the end of the day you go back to mermaiding because that's what feels good yeah true brings you joy yeah and and it's it's interesting because it's a very it's very double obviously because on the one hand the mermaiding is a very aesthetic thing to do right because it's just looks it's hair face well it's not tail. it's skill i mean of I, course put of one course of those tails on as me well, but you would but the thing people look at it because it's pretty i look at it because it's mm. pretty i like making it because it's pretty uh also because it's relaxing and because it's because i just think that everything is beautiful underwater basically that is such mm. um I don't know what it is about water, but everything is so slow. Mm. And I love that the quality that it gives to movement that mm. makes it so slow. But mermaiding, it's it it's very uh it's very connected to vanity, obviously, and very much connected to beauty. And not in a flat way, like not in an uninspiring way, I think, at all. But it is something where I feel like I need to be careful because if I let that define who I am, then I'm going to be, for example, terrified of getting older. Yeah. And I don't okay. want that to happen. Yeah. So I I try to not focus only on uh beauty, but also on uh well, on I- intelligence and on yeah. creating connection and on having friends and building meaningful relationships with people that don't revolve around whether I'm pretty or not. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's a tricky thing because like and it's it's I know it sounds very conceited because I'm obviously not like a, a model or a movie star look kind of person, but I f- still feel that it is important for me to not make a physical appearance too important in my life. So it's I'm it's trying to 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 give it the place that it deserves, but also to focus on these other parts that are much more valuable and much more um well that will last basically Mm. because we're all gonna get old and ugly let's face it (laughs) and that's fine like i you can yeah i don't know how to explain this well you're explaining it perfectly well oh okay Uh, yeah (laughs) that's good no i get it um and at the end of the day right now today um not today but you know, the next summer, mm-hmm. as you say, in your summers, you like to, to, <laughs> to, to go and create these mermaid films. You'll go back to it and you'll keep doing it until. Yeah. Until I'm, I'm not getting back to it. Yeah. 
And that's going to be fine as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, can you sing something for us before we close off? Of course. You don't have to sing a whole piece, but just a snippet from... <clears throat> a snippet from... Mm, something in French. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, you know what? I will sing a small piece from an aria that I did last week, which is called um, La Diva de l'Empire. And it's, it's very, I just, I'll just sing the, the chorus, right? Or the, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so. Sous le grand chapeau green away, mettant l'éclat d'un sourire, de rire charmant et frais, de baby étonné qui soupire. Little girl aux yeux veloutés, c'est la diva de l'Empire, c'est la reine dont se prennent le gentleman et tous les dandies de Piccadilly. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Oh, wow. it's such a fun piece as what well. What a gift <laughs> to just let this, and, and you're right. I mean, music just brings people together. What a beautiful, what a beautiful, uh, well, industry to be in. It, yeah. it, it does. Oh, it really thank is. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so it's, honored. It's been- That was such a cool interview uh, to come into my studio and just sing like you did. I mean, seriously, that's totally not something I could do. But uh, I think that singing, songwriting, anything to do with music is one of the most stunning gifts that the universe has given us. What would life be like without music? And you're able to just move into song at the click of a finger. I mean, really? Um, and, and not only move into song at the click of a finger, but you have such a stunning voice. I, I really, really enjoyed this interview. So thank you so much for being open, wearing your heart on your sleeve and sharing your story with us. You're a wise young lady, 28 years old. I'll get it right this time. Um, in your words, you say, do something that you feel matters and it doesn't have to make sense. And I think that if you can live your life that way, you will always be surprised You will be living in the present moment and you will be totally surprised by what the universe offers you back because you're just saying, here I am, I'm going to do it because it feels right, even though it doesn't make sense. What an amazing message to be left with. My next conversation is with Bjorn van Beek and I have a smile on my face when I say this because... Um, He has a young man who was, you know, open to coming into my studio. I I saw his shop. He owns a vintage furniture shop, um, which houses completely authentic Indian furniture. And uh, I spoke to him very briefly in a shop because I could get a sense that this guy's, this guy's doing what he loves. Um, So yeah, when he came into the studio, it just felt like I was sitting in India, sipping a chai tea with this guy, having, you know, having a full, full-blown conversation about his life story, except it was actually in my studio. Um, but yeah, that's what stories do. They just transport you into someone else's world. And that's what this did for me. So here a conversation about a man and how he found his passion and love in life. And 
Before I go, I just want to say I'm so grateful for all of you guys who have been tuning into the show and listening. And please don't be shy to make contact with me because after all, it's connections that make this world a beautiful place. So I'd love to hear from you. If you have any tips or suggestions um, for those of you who have listened to the show um, since the beginning, please drop me a line because I'm, yeah, I'm so open for changes. I'm open for improvements. I'm open for suggestions. And if you know someone who you think is also super inspiring, I'd love to know about them. Obviously, if they're in the Netherlands, then yeah, um, if there's a synergy, then yeah, I'll have them in my studio and we can hear, hear what their life story is. Please don't forget to subscribe or share this on Facebook. It's super easy to share um, from, from the different platforms that you are listening to this on. Just share it with your friends. If you think your friends would like to hear different stories that you've listened to, share it. Um, sharing is caring after all. And um, yeah, I mean, an extra like or an extra sub subscribe, you know, that just makes makes me feel like, okay, you know, uh, people are listening and um and, and these voices are being heard, most importantly. Um, have a good day. If you're driving, drive safe. If you're sitting on the couch, have a glass of wine. Speak to you guys next time. For living, let's see.